and paying attention to how we feel. What's the, the tone, the texture of this moment? Agitated, disturbed, peaceful, interested, sleepy, comfortable, uncomfortable? How is it? Trusting in awareness, let that be the guiding spirit, the guiding force for the body settling, the attention composing around the breath. The experience of this present reality. Here it is. The body sitting, breathing, hearing, feeling. As the days go by and as the attention is able to settle a little more steadily, the routine of formal practice, putting aside our regular duties and activities, and steadily, usually, the mind is more able to focus to be well established in this present experience. With that steadiness, a clarity of attention, there's no particular need to focus on the feeling of the breath, the rhythm of the breathing, or in walking meditation, the rhythm of the footsteps. We use these kind of reference points, meditation objects, as a way of keying the attention into the the experience of this present reality. That's what it's for. It's not something special about our footsteps or about the breathing, but rather it's simply a flag to bring the attention to this present moment experience. When the attention is steady and well established, then we can broaden the focus. What Lumpur Sumedha would call the point which includes. When we fix the attention on a single object, like the, the rhythm of the breath, the sensations of the breathing, but deliberately excluding the other perceptions in the field of experience. What we hear, we think, sensations of the body, they're put aside. To use the, the rhythm of the breath as a way to, to focus, to center the attention with this present reality. If we've arrived 
then we don't need to focus on that particular object. You get on the bus to get to the destination. Once you've arrived at the destination, you can get off the bus. So with the attention settled in the present, we can broaden the focus to be that point which includes other sensations of the body, the sounds around us, the flow of mood and thought, mental activity, opening the awareness to be inclusive, receptive, open-hearted. Here it is, this moment, this present reality. It's like this. The sensations of the body, the feelings of our weight on the cushion or the chair, the cloth on our skin, the sound of my voice, thinking, memory, imagination. And there's a, an establishment, a, a steadiness of open awareness, and the heart receives the whole array, the flow of perceptions, thoughts, memories, ideas, moods. There's an open-hearted receptivity, a radical acceptance. Here it is. The texture of the present reality is exactly this way. We use the reflections on anicca, on uncertainty and change, on dukkha, unsatisfactoriness, and anatta, not self. These are ways of reflecting upon that flow of experience, our thoughts, our feelings of comfort and discomfort, sounds and memories, shades of color and form, taste and smell, whatever it might be, we use those forms of reflection, investigation, as a way of recognizing, realizing the empty, insubstantial nature of, of everything that's experienced, whether it's coming from inside or outside in conventional terms. All of it is changing. All of it cannot completely and fully satisfy. None of it is who and what we are. These reflections on anicca, dukkha, anatta, they're not things to believe, but a set of tools to challenge, to examine, to see, are these things empty? Are they real? Are they really who and what we are? Are they? How is that? We're establishing this quality of open awareness. What's happening is that we're not giving a landing place for any of the, the sounds, feelings, memories, ideas, 
emotions. Not giving them a place to land, not giving them substantiality, solidity. The Buddha described this quality of awareness in Pali, the term is vinyanang anidasanang anantang sabato bhabang. Vinyanang, the consciousness or the awareness. Anidasanang means invisible or formless, non-manifestative, unformable. Ananta, limitless, boundless, infinite. Sabato Pabang can mean accessible from every side or radiant in all directions. Vinyanang, Anidasanang, Anantang, Sabato Pabang. In describing this quality of awareness, he said, this is where long and short and coarse and fine and pure and impure can find no footing. There's no landing place for them. So establishing this quality of awareness is a way of giving no landing place to comfort and discomfort, success and failure, gain and loss. not giving them a place to land because there in reality there's there's no thing really there no person here to receive them to own them in that heart of awareness of quality of awakened knowing There's no substantiality, no solidity, no personhood being given to any of these thoughts, emotions, ideas, moods, memories, sensations of this body. So as we, we sit here through the day, doing sitting meditation, walking meditation, this is a way to process to work with the different things that arise, what we see, what we hear, what we feel. Can there be a restraining of that, that habit of giving things a landing place, giving them solidity, giving them personality? When we say something is long or short, near or far, what makes those judgments meaningful? It's just what the mind adds to it. What is close? What is far away? What is short? What is long? There's no thing there apart from what the mind adds to it. How big is the world? If you compare this planet to, to uh, an atom, it's huge, to a quark, 
gigantic. If you compare the size of the planet to the distance from here to the Andromeda galaxy, next galaxy, or the, the limits of the known universe, it's tiny, imme immeasurably small. How big is the world? What do we compare it to? And we call something good, a good memory, or a painful memory. What makes it good? What makes it painful? A feeling of excitement. What makes that pleasant, attractive? A feeling of regret. What makes that bad, wrong? There's no thing there except what the mind adds to it. We say something is blue or red, yellow or green, white. Do we recognize those are just conditioned judgments, a way of describing a particular experience? We call it blue, red, yellow, white, green, purple. To give no landing place, no footing to the flow of experience, to judgments, is to question. The mind experiences that as blue or red. What's really here? Is that solid? Is that absolute? Or is this just a pattern of experience, a perception taking shape in this moment? When the mind says, I remember, I'm uncomfortable, I want, what makes that solid? What makes that substantial, real? We use these methods of exploration, investigation, to look at the flow of, of feeling, perception, experience, to challenge those habits of selfing, making things, creating a sense of in here, out there. Me as a solid separate entity. The words we use. So familiar, so ordinary, so much a everyday part of this life, but a word is just a sound, it's a conceptual form. What's really there? Is there anything solid, real, substantial, permanent? These are just noises, mental formations. There's no thing there except what the mind adds to it, what it holds on to, what it believes in, what it's habituated to. Establishing this quality of awakened awareness, this quality of knowing, this vijadhatu, the element of awareness, element of knowing. It's freeing the heart from these habitual judgments and attachments, limitations. Noticing the degree to which we believe in 
I am, you are, this is. Feeling that, knowing that degree of identification and grasping and letting go. Embodying that quality of awareness, being that awakened, aware quality without turning it into another identity. I am the knowing, I am the awareness, that's what I am. I am the Dhamma, that's me. I am pure awareness. The idea, I am pure awareness, is, is an, another idea. It's not awareness itself. The word awareness is not awareness, it's a word. In this process, in this way of working with mind, with attitude, with this mode of vision, seeing and knowing, it takes a great deal of commitment, sincerity, resolution to keep bringing attention to the present reality, noticing those habits of identification, grasping, eye-making and mind-making, Slowly and steadily, then that quality of, of vicha, of awareness, is freed from the habits of identification, grasping. When the Buddha was having a dialogue with the monk Anuradha, the Buddha asked him, is the Tathagata, which is the word he used to refer to himself, can you say the Tathagata is the five khandhas? No, Venerable Sir. Can you say the Tathagata is not the five khandhas? No, Venerable Sir. Can you say that the Tathagata is in the five khandhas, outside the five khandhas? That he has the five khandhas or he doesn't have the five khandhas? These being the body, material form, feeling, perception, mental formations, consciousness. And to each of those questions, Anuradha says, no, you can't say that. You can't say that the Tathagata, which was the word the Buddha used to refer to himself, but I feel is absolutely precise in referring to this quality of awakened awareness. The Buddha said to Anuradha, so, even with the, the Tathagata sitting right here in front of you, <laughs> the Tathagata is unapprehendable here and now can't be defined. That awake, aware quality is present, but it's not definable in terms of the five khandhas. So that might seem all a little bit philosophical and complicated, complicated way of speaking, but what it means is that which knows the person isn't a person. That which knows this body, this mind, these feelings, what we call ourselves, what we call this person, that which knows the person isn't a person. Profound, immeasurable, unfathomable, like the great ocean, but not definable in the ordinary customary language and terms, the frames of reference that we, we customarily use. 
the body, thoughts, feelings, perceptions, moods, can't be defined in those terms. Yet, it is present, aware, awake. As the Buddha said, the Tathagata is liberated from being reckoned in terms of the five khandhas. He is profound, immeasurable, unfathomable, like the great ocean. You can't accurately, validly frame or name, describe this aware quality in terms of the five khandhas, but it knows the five khandhas. It's aware of this body, this mind, these thoughts, these feelings, these activities. It knows the person, but it's not a person. It's the heart of what is real. So as the, the practice continues, we have this retreat time together. We use this opportunity to clarify all the many and various areas of identification and grasping, coarse and subtle, visible, invisible, obvious and mysterious. Keep noticing where the mind identifies and gets attached. Success, failure, gain, loss, approving, disapproving, color, sound, language. Notice how the mind gives solidity, gives validity and meaning to things. But when awareness is established, that clear, awakened knowing is established, that substantiality disappears. It's not given a place to land. There's no thing there. And in that recognition of no thingness, the heart is free, limitless, radiant. <laughs>